Welcome. We're glad that you are here today. It's good to uh, share. Morning, Poncho. It's good to share this time of fellowship and love with one another, and we welcome everyone. We welcome our guests, especially today. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you are here, and hope God's going to bless you in a very special way. Let me remind everyone that we have attendance sheets on each row. We would like to, to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us. Just put your name, address, phone number, and especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, uh, please put your email address on there. That's a good way to keep up with the activities going on here at Community Baptist Church. And uh, speaking of which, uh, I can hardly believe it, but this is the last Sunday of April. It, this uh, this has kind of crept up on me. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize that we were this far into the year, but it has crept up on me. April is about over. Uh, but we have some activities that are coming up in May that I want to call to your attention. First of all, um, two weeks from today, on May the 13th, Guess what day that is? It's Mother's Day. That's right. And so we will have a a special recognition of our mothers in our worship service. And even before that, we will be providing a uh, special breakfast for our mothers on that day as well. So we we invite all of of you to come and to uh, share in that. And if you would like to to help cook, uh, please uh, get in touch with uh, Bob Crafton. I think he's kind of, I know he's out of town, but... uh, Get in touch with him somehow. Also that day, we'll be having a, a, a baby dedication. We've got several babies that we'll be dedicating that day, and so uh, we'll be uh, doing that during the worship service as well. Uh, there is um, also coming up in June, we have our, our extreme build that we do every year. And our extreme build is a little bit different this year. Uh, normally we go and we build a house in one week's time, and, um, and, and, and it's, a great, it's a great thing to do. This year is going to be a little bit different. We're not building a house. We're repairing a lot of houses and, and structures in the same area, in, in uh, the same place. And uh, there's a lot of poverty in this area. And so we're helping them out by pre- repairing some of their, their properties and getting them up to speed. If you would like to attend, that, that will be on June the 7th through the 9th. If you would like to uh, go, uh, please let me know uh, soon. Uh, we, we need to get registered. This this is another thing that has kind of crept up on me, so we need to get registered for that pretty quickly. So if you would let me know soon, I would appreciate it. And there are other opportunities coming up. Uh, just see your bulletin and your calendar for that. Let me invite you now. Let's stand and let's greet each other in the name of the Lord. Let us share the love of Christ with one another.
Oh, gracious, loving God, we worship you because you are love. You are all that is validating in our lives. You take us at our weakest and you help to shape us into our strongest. You empower us to be the people that can touch others with your goodness and strength. And yet, despite our best intentions, we find ourselves falling short of where we want to be and and how we want to grow. We are at the same time so very blessed and also so very broken. But you are there in the midst of all of our struggles. You are there to affirm us in our goodness and to hold us in our brokenness. You tell us that we are nothing less than the blessed and beautiful people that you created us to be while affirming us and nudging us to grow into more and better along the way. So hear our prayers this morning, O God, and mold us into your faithful people. This morning we hear the words of Scripture that were written thousands of years ago for people who are very different from us with different concerns and needs. But we also acknowledge that in that Scripture there is a message for us. So speak to us this day. We are Your people. Help us, O God. Help us to be united as one people and to share the truth as we understand it. Only in love, no matter what our perspective may be. For we pray all of these things in the name of the One who taught us to love, our Lord, our Savior, our friend, Jesus the Christ. Amen.
will you join us down front, please? Come on down, boys and girls. It is the fifth Sunday. I didn't love that song. I was about ready to come off of the organ and I thoroughly enjoy playing at Calvary. I hope that you all can learn that hymn like I have and cherished what it means through um, my entire life. What do you got to say for us? That's coming up. I'm going to ask you. Tell me about this branch here. What kind of fruit is going to grow off of this branch? None. None. It has to be connected to something before it can produce something. Is that an accurate statement for you? Do you agree with that? Okay. Just like we, human beings, have to be connected to God to be something. And what is that connection that we have? It's love. And we've got to cherish it and give it away. I always enjoy speaking to you all because it reminds me of dear people of my faith and growing up and what they meant to me at the age that you are now when I was that age. There's this one lady and she just passed away this week and she was a nurse at our Methodist hospital for over 35 years. I guarantee you she was probably the last nurse that wore pristine white shoes, white hose, a white dress, and a beautiful nurse's hat. She took care of people for many, many years, and I always loved seeing her come home from work, and she always had a smile on her face because she helped so many people. She gave love away. Later in life, she had a little hump on her back that kind of protruded out of her back, and I always thought the reason she had that hump on her back was because she spent so much time over people's beds helping them being a nurse. Maybe that's something that you all would like to do as, as you grow up, be nursing and care for people and show God's love through being a nurse. Miss Corsi was celebrated yesterday and today we'll go to her funeral. She has two boys, Marty Corsi and Jeff Corsi that I grew up with. And they were just dear people to me, and they showed love, God's love. Mr. Greg yesterday got really busy in the kitchen doing some acts of love. You know what he did? He made two chocolate pies. Yes, two chocolate pies. The meringue on those chocolate pies were at least six inches tall. And while those pies were still warm, we took them to Marty and Jeff. That was the way that we showed love. There's nothing better than funeral food, is it? (laughs) Funeral food is good. And that was our way of showing love and being out. So just like this branch is, can't do anything right now. It's not connected. It's not connected with love. I encourage you this week to be connected to something and that be love. Not only just love yourself, but love others and show it in action. Just like Miss Corsi did for all those many years as being a nurse at our Methodist hospital here in Henderson. That's my message for you today and I hope you have a great week. Thank you.
us pray. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that we can always trust in you. You are an abundant God. And out of your great mercy, you have given us so much. We give you this offering today. With it, we worship you and give you whole selves to you. Please now take it and use it to your kingdom and your glory. May it be a great blessing to many. We ask that this powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Scripture today is John 15:9-17. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because a servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. This is the word of the Lord.
Isn't, uh, isn't God's grace amazing? Amen. And thank goodness for it. And Nibby, uh, do you remember Kate Campbell? Yes. She came and sang here. It's been many, many years ago. She has a song that she wrote titled Funeral Food. <laughs> you know, that's a, uh, that's a very important part of Baptist life, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. Our theme for today is love. And if you think about it, almost all of our messages are about love in one way or another. God's love for us and our love for one another and uh, the love that we are called to have for the world for whom Christ died. However, we're going to focus a little more intently than normal on the meaning of love this morning. You see, in our scripture passage for today, we read these words. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and remain in His love. 
I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay one's life down for a friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. And this is my command. Love each other. I'd like to begin with one of the most beautiful love stories that I know of. It's the story of the courtship of Moses Mendelssohn. He was the grandfather of the great composer Felix Mendelssohn. Seems that Moses was a small man, but kind of like Ms. Kersey, he Kersey, he had a, a large and unsightly hump on his back. But one day he was visiting a merchant in Hamburg and who had a, a lovely daughter and he was attracted to her and, and and even though he admired her greatly she avoided him because she seemed to be afraid of the hump on his back but on the last day of his visit he went to, to tell her goodbye and her face beamed with beauty but when he came into the room she cast her eyes to the floor Mendelssohn's heart ached in love for her but but then after some small talk he slowly drew to the subject that filled his mind. He asked, Do you believe that marriages are made in heaven? Yes, the young woman replied. And do you? And Mendelssohn answered, Of course. I believe that at the birth of each child, the Lord says, That boy shall, shall marry that girl. But in my case, the Lord also added, But alas, his wife will have a terrible hump. And at that moment I called, Oh Lord, that would be a tragedy for her. Please give me the hump instead and let her be beautiful. We're told that the young woman was so moved with these words that she reached for his hand and later became his loving and faithful wife. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? Hang on to it for a moment. We're going to come back to it. We want to deal with three questions today. And the first one is this. Where does love come from? Now, some of you would say that it comes from within. It's something that happens naturally for us human beings. But I'm not so sure about that. I mean, think about it. Little babies are the most lovable creatures in the world, aren't they? Let's get that baby up there. <laughs> Aww. How can you not love that face? They are among the most lovable creatures in the world. But that doesn't mean that they're born full of love and kindness, does it? Don't let those innocent little smiles fool you. If they were kind and, and loving, they wouldn't wake you up at 4 o'clock in the morning demanding to be changed or fed. The truth is that babies are born totally self-centered. And that doesn't mean that they're bad. Babies aren't by nature bad. They're just helpless. And in order to survive in this world, they, they have to make their needs known. And if you meet those needs, then they will probably love you. But is that really love? We say that children have to be taught how to hate, but isn't it true that they also have to be taught how to love? I think about how hard it is to teach a child how to share. That's a tough one, isn't it? That's a hard one. Is that something that comes naturally? To share your toys? No. Is that something that comes from within? No, we want we want our toys. This is mine, mine. <laughs> you know, to share we is something that we learn as infants and as small children from our parents and from our caregivers. It's not something that comes naturally to us. C.S. Lewis, in his study of the various Greek words for love, came to distinguish between what he called need love and gift love. Need love should be self-evident. It's the most common kind of love in the world. I love you because you meet my needs. Maybe my 
self-esteem is boosted when I'm with you. Or maybe you simply meet my need to be needed. Um, But think about it. Need love is born from emptiness. The person that is characterized by need love always wants something from others. And Lewis says that many times when we say, I love you, what we really mean is, I need you. I want you. You have a value that I want to make my own. Now contrast need love with what Lewis calls gift love. Instead of being born of, of emptiness or lack, this form of love, gift love, is born of fullness. And the goal of gift love is to enrich the other person rather than to extract value from them. Lewis says that gift love moves out to bless and to increase rather than to acquire or to diminish. Gift love is more like an artesian well that continues to overflow than like a vacuum or a black hole. And then he concludes that that this is what God's love is all about. In other words, God's love is gift love, not need love. And this, of course, is the meaning of agape love. So, are we even capable of agape love? Are we even capable of loving as God loves? Well, to a certain extent we are, but this is not something that comes naturally for us. You see, for us to substitute gift love for need love, we have to go to the source of all love. And of course, the source of all love is God. Jesus says in our lesson for today, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So you see, love does not come from within. It comes from above. Later in his first epistle, John enlightens us more on this subject when he said, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. So where does love come from? Our first question, it comes from God. That's the answer to our first question. Love comes from God. And then John adds, this is how God showed God's love among us. God sent God's one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. that Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent God's Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Well, that brings us to the second question, which is, What does love look like? What does love look like? This is how God showed God's love among us. God sent God's one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Now I said I would return to that story about Moses Mendelssohn a moment ago, the small man with the large hump on his back. Remember, he told the girl that he loved... He said, I believe that at the birth of each child, the Lord says, that boy shall marry that girl. And then he said, but in my case, the Lord added, but alas, my wife will have a terrible hump. And then he said, oh, Lord, that would be a tragedy for her. Please give me the hump and let her be beautiful. What does love look like? It looks like a man taking a hump on his back so that his beloved can be straight and beautiful. It looks like a woman bending over the beds of a, of, a, of a hospital year after year after year until she has a hump on her back. Or it looks like a man who takes a cross upon his shoulders so that you and I can be free from the power of sin and death. You hear what he's saying? Do you hear what God is saying here? Gift love. It's like a man hanging on a cross simply and solely because of of God's love for us. That was not need love, was it? We can't meet any of God's needs or even any of God's commands, but it is God's nature to give love. 
Or as John writes, this is how God showed God's love among us. God sent God's one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent God's Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's what God looks like. That's what love looks like. It's kind of like a young guy and girl who fell in love and the the guy came from a poor family and the girl's parents weren't very happy about that. So the young man decided early on that he would not only court the girl, but he would court her parents. And in time, her parents saw that he was a good man. He was worthy of their daughter's hand. But there was another problem. You see, this young man was was a soldier. And he was sent overseas to, to fight a war. But the week before he left, the man knelt down on his knee and asked the, the love of his life, Will you marry me? And she said, Yes. They agreed that when he got back from the war, they would get married. However, just a few days after he left, the girl was involved in a major automobile accident. And when she woke up in the hospital, she saw that her mother and father were crying. And immediately she knew that something was wrong. She found later that she had um, suffered a brain injury. And a part of the, the part of the brain that was damaged was the part that controlled her facial muscles. And so now her once lovely face drooped and was disfigured. She cried as she saw herself in the mirror. Yesterday I was beautiful, but today I'm a monster, she said. Her body also was covered with ugly wounds. And, and right then and there, she decided that she would release her fiancé from their pledge to marry one another. And she knew that he wouldn't want her anymore. And she would forget about him and never see him again. And for one year, that soldier wrote many, many letters. But she never answered one of them. He phoned her many times, but she wouldn't return his calls. And, and then after a year, his, her, her mother walked into her room and she said, He's back. And the girl shouted, No, please, don't tell him about me. Don't tell him I'm here. And the mother said, He's getting married. Handed her a wedding invitation. The girl's heart sank. She knew that she still loved him, but she had to forget about him now. And and so with great sadness, she opened the wedding invitation. Then she saw her name was on it. And confused, she asked, what's this? And that's when the young man entered the room with a bouquet of flowers. He knelt beside her and asked, will you marry me? The girl covered her face. She said, I'm ugly. The young man said, without you knowing it, your mother has sent me photos of you. And when I saw them, I realized that nothing has changed. You're still the person that I fell in love with. You're still as beautiful as ever because I love you. It's a beautiful story, isn't it? Where does love come from? It comes from God. And guess what, folks? We can't make ourselves ugly enough that God will not love us. God loves us no matter how ugly we are. And what does God, what does love look like? Looks like a man nailed to a cross, not because of anything that we can do for him, but simply because he loves us that much. And that brings us to the third question for today, and that is, what does a love like that require from us? And Jesus answered that question in our lesson for today when he said, My command is is this, love each other as I have loved you. Then he goes on to say, Greater love has no one than this to lay lay down one's life for one's friends. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. You know, we usually, we usually don't think about Jesus issuing commands, do we? He, he doesn't. He, that's not something he does. He's more of a follow my lead kind of a guy. 
You know? But this time, He commands it. This is my command. Love each other as I have loved you. Do you hear what he's saying here? We are to love others as He has loved us. Not with need love, but with gift love. Not because of anything that others can do for us, but because of what Christ has done for us. The world says, scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. But Christ says, do good for people who can't return the favor. That's gift love. That's agape love. It's the love of God. There's a story in the Nashville paper a while back about that kind of love that God commands from us. It's about a young woman who was um, working out at the local YMCA. And the story says that she was withering away before their very eyes. The other members of the Y watched her slog through marathon workouts every morning with her emaciated body leaning on the rails of the Stairmaster. And they knew something was wrong. As other members watched her decline, they wondered what to do. Was she anorexic or was she suffering from some other medical issue? And and they didn't want to make her feel bad. They didn't want to invade her privacy. But finally they decided that something had to be done. And so nine of them decided to stage an intervention. And even though she had struggled with eating disorders since she was 10 years old, Lauren Lacks didn't realize how sick she really was. She resisted their help at first, the help of these strangers. And one of them said it felt a bit like a kidnapping. It was horrible for all of us. But they took her to the hospital, and it's a good thing they did. Because if they had waited any longer, Lauren probably would have died. Anorexia nervosa had weakened her heart to the point that it was struggling to beat. The doctors thought about putting a pacemaker in. But Lauren said, I didn't even know these people. I didn't even know these people. They were just acquaintances, people that I saw at the Y from time to time. But now she calls them her angels. Today, Lauren is healthy and so hopeful about her life that she has finished her graduate studies at the university. And guess what, folks? That's what love requires from us. That we be like Lauren's angels. That we take God's love to people who are troubled and who have nobody else to care. So where does God come from? Or where does love come from? It comes from God. What does love look like? It looks like a man hanging on a cross in our behalf. And what does love require from us? It requires us to move beyond need love to gift love. To look around at others who are in need of God's love and to give that love to them. Not asking what they can do for us, but remembering what Christ has already done for us. This is my command, Jesus said to His disciples and to us. Love each other as I have loved you. Amen. Don't you just love a good ending? (laughs) The love of God is all around us. The love of God is within us. The love of God comes from above us. The love of God shows us how we should live our lives and how we should love in our lives. It all comes from God's grace, which is great. Amazing. Let us think of that as we sing our closing hymn. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And let us remember the love that that that, that demonstrates as Christ died on the cross for us.
We have gathered here today, Lord, as your people, to offer you our sacrifice of worship and praise. We have fed upon your word and we have been refreshed through your living water. We have felt the encircling of your spirit around this fellowship and around individual lives. And so as we go from this place, may we continue to know your presence in the very different lives that we lead. May we be filled always with your love, and may we love one another as you have taught us. Amen.